Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, friends. This is Paul Hudrick, Liberty Ballers community producer, and I am taking you on the Sixers beat. The Sixers are coming off a brutal effort in Game 5 uh, in which they were really lifeless. Uh, Steve Littman had a great recap from that game, and that was the headline. It was lifeless Sixers um, just put out a, a really poor effort. Being in the arena, you know, a, a lot of excitement, obviously, and buildup. A lot of people thought this was going to be it, right? Uh, you know, you, you fail to, to close them out in, in, in Toronto and get the sweep, but you get the gentleman sweep in Game 5, you, you move on to the next series, and that just didn't happen. And, and the environment there, you know, again, positive to start, really looking for reasons to get excited. The team didn't give them a ton. Uh, you know, early on, it was pretty sloppy. They had an, they kind of fought back there in the end. Joel and B got going a little bit, and, and the crowd got into it then. But then the second quarter was an absolute disaster. Uh, they, they scored 14 points. You, you can't score 14 points in an NBA postseason game at home in a closeout situation. Um, and expect a win. And so, you know, Matisse Stiebel has his d- disastrous quarter. The crowd really got on him. It was, it was, it was a tough scene. It, it felt, I hate to say it, but it felt pretty reminiscent of Game Seven last year against Atlanta. It just felt like the offense couldn't couldn't hit a shot when they got a good look, and for the most part, they weren't getting very good looks. And then everything Toronto would turn it back on the other end and and, and score. So, and, and then you know. The third quarter they won, but it didn't even feel like they won it. It just wasn't a very good third quarter. They won it by like four points, but it just it just didn't you didn't get the sense, you know, even though they were only trailing by nine going into the fourth, that's not insurmountable. Again, at home in a closeout situation, not an insurmountable lead by any stretch. And the, again, the crowd, the fourth quarter, they were just begging for a reason to get back in the game. The Sixers score. The crowd literally gets on its feet. There's a standing ovation. Everyone's into it. Two seconds later, lob to Thaddeus Young. Crowd goes silent. A, a couple possessions later, James Harden finally hits a step back three. Crowd goes nuts again. Here we go. Back the other end. Lob to Precious Achua. Crowd noise dead. And that, that killed the game. And it's just, it was a very lackluster effort, again, for, for, for an opportunity to move on to the next round at home. It was a really, really big opportunity wasted, and it, it, it's not going to be very easy. And now, on top of everything, on top of the fact that I'm sure many Sixers fans out there are feeling a little tight right now, feeling a little nervous, even though you know it's what like 146 and 0 teams that have uh, that have, that have started 3-0, and I think the last time a team even got to six games was 2015 and the last time they got to seven games was like 2003 or something crazy like that. So it's been a very long time since um, a team down 3-0 even forced a game seven and a team three down, down 3-0 has never won. Um, it won the series. So, and now, you know, on top of thinking about that and, and the little bit of worry that creeps in, and of course, everyone with Doc Rivers and we all know the history there, no need to kind of get into all that, but um, on top of that, the Miami Heat closed it out tonight with no Jimmy Butler, no Kyle Lowry. They closed out 
the Atlanta Hawks tonight. And so what looked like a possible advantageous situation for the Sixers to close out their series early and maybe get a jump um, on the Heat, their next opponent, that didn't happen. Um, the Heat went tonight 97-94. They got a, a, a nice outing from from uh, Victor Aladipo, and that's a pretty cool story, man. He scored 23 points tonight. Um, and led the way. That's that's good for Victor Aladipo and all he's dealt with and, and everything. But that's, man, that is a deep Miami team you're looking at. A deep, deep Miami team. So, you know, you want to say when, but it, I guess it's still an if, right? Because they still got to close Toronto out. But that matchup blooming is a really difficult one. But just to get back to game five for a minute and just the feel post-game with the, with, with the players. And I, I'll say that Doc Rivers actually seemed... Okay, like of course he wasn't thrilled that it's lost, but he he didn't seem kind of at a loss. Whereas a lot of the players did, man. It felt almost like a wake. Um, you know, some of the guys just seemed really, really down about things. I'll say this: I was impressed with Tobias Harris, who uh, I think it's hard to argue that he's that that anyone else has been more consistent throughout the series than Tobias Harris. He's brought it um, every single night. And he has, over the years, become a leader on this team. And I thought his comments were, were really good and really pointed. And I think because he has been so consistent and because he has been so good, he kind of earned the right to say it. Uh, so here's a short clip of Tobias kind of saying what went wrong and, and what the six, the mentality the Sixers kind of didn't have uh, um, in Game 5. You know, I don't know the full answer to that, but um, I just did the you know, overall execution-wise of our game plan. It wasn't to the best of our ability defensively. Um, you know, we gave up. Uh, we never brought the fight to them in the beginning of the game, really. Um, didn't match their physicality as well. So, you know, from there we was playing catch up the whole game. But, but really, uh, I just didn't think we did a good enough job of stopping them and being able to get enough stops to gain our momentum on the offensive. I mean, we didn't do a great job of scoring the basketball. But we didn't help ourselves and being able to get out and transition more by getting some stops. So, yeah, there you hear from Tobias. And, I, you know, it's hard to, again, it's hard to disagree with that. They, they really didn't bring the fight. Toronto did. Toronto played like a team that was down 3-1. The Sixers played like a team that still thought they had time. And I think that's a really rough way to look at it. You know, I I, I was on with, with, with Jazz Kang and Jackson Frank earlier for the Sixers Daily Podcast. We did the live stream, which uh, you guys should check out. We do it at least once a week, if not more, depending on what's going on with the playoffs. We're trying to do it as much as we can, um, just to comment on things as they're kind of happening. But the one thing I kept harping on, and I, I think it's absolutely the case, Joel Embiid, with his torn ligament in his thumb, it it's all trickling down. Um, it's hurting James Harden. It's hurting Tyrese Maxey. I think offensively, it's hurt Tobias Harris the last couple games. It's hurt the bench because... They're not as productive, and they have to be better because they're not getting as much from Joel. And the way Toronto's not really doing anything different to me. I mean, some people, you know, that are much smarter than me could perhaps point some things out, but like the goal is still get the ball out of Joel Embiid's hands. Now, I'll say I think what the difference was in the last two games is that Joel Embiid has one been quicker to do that, quicker to give the ball up. Um, and not as as keen on wanting to fight through it. And two, when he has given the ball up, he hasn't been as crisp, hasn't been as good with his passes. It's to be expected with the thumb and everything. 
But to me, I, I do think there's a little bit of a mental hurdle that he kind of isn't there with yet. Um, and um, I think he'll get there. I know uh, Matt Mullen from the Inquirer had a pretty interesting piece where he, ta- he spoke to a doctor and he spoke to physical therapists and they talked about the idea that after you tear the, the UCL in your thumb, the first few days are the most painful. Um, and then into that, you, you the pain kind of doesn't, I wouldn't subside wasn't the best way to put it, but the pain isn't as, you know, maybe as excruciating after the first few days. The mo- Obviously the mobility and the functionality are still going to be a problem, but um, the pain perhaps, uh, you know, subsides a little bit and it allows him to get used to it and play through it. Um, I, what I did like about Embiid post game is that he really took responsibility for this one. He had a really brutal third quarter where defensively it was probably the worst third quarter that I maybe ever seen him play in the entire time I've ever covered him. And I thought he was really good taking responsibility for that. Um, you know, he didn't make excuses about it. He just said that he had to be better. And, you know, and as a team, they did not play um, very good defense. And, and you know, uh, granted, I think more of their issues on the offensive end, but that's a whole other um, argument there. And the other thing that I thought was pretty interesting about Joel Embiid, he had some interesting comments about James Harden. I don't want to blow them up. I don't want to make too big deal, too big of a deal about it. Uh, but I do want to play those for you right here. Here's Joel Embiid when he was asked um, if he thought that James Harden should be shooting more. Man, uh, you know, I've been saying all season since he got here, you know, he just needs to be aggressive and he, he needs to be himself. Um, you know, that's you know, that's not really my job. Um, you know, that's why I be on coach uh, to, you know, talk to him and tell him to, you know, take more shots, uh, especially if they're going to, Gone me the way they've been guarding, uh, but uh, yeah, that's really not my job. But we all we all need to be better. We <coughs> offensively, uh, like I said, we miss a bunch of wide open shots, and uh, at times uh, I just felt like we just invited. Uh, you know, when I was getting double, uh, we were not aggressive. So I'll let you decide for yourself, but I'll, I'll tell you from a person being there, from being around the team, from being around Joel and everything this season, he has probably been asked that question or something similar to it regarding Harden and shooting more, being more aggressive, whatever, however it's phrased. I mean, he's probably been asked that, I feel like, every other game that I've covered. It, it, it's it's So I think more so... It was Joel being a little bit exasperated with the question, um, which no offense to the question because it's a fair question, but I just think it was him being tired of, of answering it. And I, I didn't take it as him calling out James, um, especially when the first thing Joel says really is calling out himself, right? When he takes responsibility. And I think that's where Joe has become a really good leader is, yeah, he's not afraid to call people out, but he also greatly, you know, he accepts responsibility and, he, he takes it on the chin, and he has accountability when things go wrong as a leader on this team. So, um, you know, that I, I didn't make too much of those hardened comments. If you want to make more of it, then, you, that, you know, you can. But to me, again, as someone who's been around this team, who's been around this this guy for, for years and has been around the situation with James Harden, I, I wouldn't look too far into that. With that said... Man, did the Sixers need more out of James Harden in Game Six? It just can't. It can't go on like this. He was really down. Um, it's funny because it, you know James has been here a little over twenty. You know, he's twenty something games he's been here. 
even when he's had rough games, I never really heard him this kind of down after a game. Read into that what you will, whether that's good and maybe that's he's going to do some self-reflection and come out with his hair on fire in game six or whether that's bad because he's he's doubting himself a little bit, which he's not a guy who I assume typically doubts himself. He seems like a pretty confident person and for good reason. He's you know one of the top 75 basketball players of all time, so I get why he feels that way. Um, but they just flat out need more. They need more from him. They need more from Tyrese Maxey. But again, I think it all trickles down from Joel Embiid. Um, and I think that's that's going to be the difference. I, I thought, and again, I, I referenced this earlier on, on the Sixers Daily Podcast, I thought he held back a little bit. Um, I thought maybe he was waiting for someone else to step up so that he didn't have to overexert himself, so that he didn't have to put himself at great risk, and maybe you know they could close it out without him being kind of Superman Joel that he's been all year long, and he could get a nice rest before Miami. I mean, maybe I'm overthinking it. That's totally me speculating. It's it's nothing that Joel said or did that makes me necessarily think that way. It's just, just a hunch. So I would expect a much more active, much more aggressive Joel Embiid coming out in Game 6 because, look, Joel Embiid and James Harden are your best players. Go down with them being aggressive. Go down with them being missing shots if they're going to miss shots. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if they're going to be... Go down with your two best players trying their best to will the team to a win, and you live with the results. If Harden goes 5 of 20, he goes 5 of 20. At least he was aggressive. At least he tried to take 20 shots, and at least he tried to put his thumbprint on the game to steal a Brett Brown term there. Um, At least he tried to do that. So... That's where I'm at with game six, you know, and I think Doc Rivers has really been preaching that the whole thing with with, um, you know, again, wanting Harden and Tyrese Maxey, for that matter, just to be better and more aggressive in attack situations and, and closeouts a little bit better off of Joel Embiid's um, double teams. And, you know, uh, again, I, I thought Doc Rivers, as far as everyone goes with the quotes and everything. I thought Doc Rivers quotes were probably the best. He was probably the calmest and had the best perspective. Uh, and so here's what he had to say when he asked about um, the worry about the mental battle that his team is, is fighting, you know, possibly taking on some pretty infamous history here. I don't know if I worry about it. I just, uh, I know there's a gear we have that we haven't used over the last couple of games. Um, and going there, it's going to be a lively atmosphere. I think that'll be great for us in a crazy way. I think we'll be ready for that. All right. Here we go. Sixers Raptors, game six, Thursday night. Uh, we'll be all over over at LibertyBallers.com. Plenty of podcasts throughout the week to get you through it as well. Uh, please make sure you check out the site. Please make sure you download our podcast wherever you get them. Google, uh, Apple, uh, Stitcher, wherever you get them, we're there. Please download, rate, subscribe, and uh, give us some feedback. We always appreciate that. But for now, uh, this is Paul Hudrick. I'm going to be keep. I'm going to keep on uh, taking you guys on the beat for as long as this playoff run goes. So um, until then, I will talk to you next time.